At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick is here, uh, but he's not here, but he'll be here in a second, I promise. Uh, retail earnings, that's going to be the theme of today's show. Retail earnings from uh, Home Depot. We had Macy's. We had Walmart. Uh, I guess people are just going to the mall because that's the biggest takeaway from, from, from this morning, I guess. So we'll talk about all those reports. Uh, and more. We'll take questions from our chats. Our guest today, two guests today. First up, Nick Shaheen will join the show at 835. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and also the Benzinga Options newsletter. And then David Seberg will join the show at 9. You may remember him from uh, Cowan & Company. He spent years there. He spent years as a uh, contributor to CNBC. He is now the CEO of Polarity TE. Uh, is going to talk about that transition at 9 o'clock. Let's bring Dennis on, and let's also bring Joel on. And Joel, give us an update on how we are doing in the overnight trading session. Uh, we got some green here, not as much as we did earlier. Trading up seven and three quarter handles at forty one sixty five fifty. Caught a bid right off that opened, and uh, we've leaked fourteen handles. Not sure the cause for that. Uh, crude up thirty five cents at sixty six sixty three. Gold now it's cleared eighteen fifty, working its way towards nineteen hundred. Up three dollars and forty cents. Silver. Surges past 28, up 38 cents at 28.665. And Bitcoin, do we have a double bottom here? Uh, right in the 42,000 handle, up a thousand bucks. That's called at 45,000. Triple D, I know you were not contributing to those bang, uh, just blow out retail earnings because you can't go anywhere or buy anything mm, except online. That's true. No, we can buy essential stuff. So our Walmart is open, but remember the can opener line is closed. That's the way it works in Ontario. So one day we'll get out of lockdown, but they extended it. So now we're into the first week of June. They're going to just continue to extend it. And we're never going to be able to do anything. So eh, that is what it is, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we're easy going in Canada, man. You won't let us go out of our house. You take away our freedom. Well, okay. Sorry. We just take it easy. We don't complain. No complaining. 
We just take it in stride. You don't try and like kidnap like the governor or anything. Well, you don't have governor. The hospitals, I I kind of get. You know, obviously, I think it's extreme when they're not letting you go out on your boat, but and they're not letting you golf. But the hospitals are full. So I mean, yeah, they screwed really? up. They screwed us not getting the vaccines fast enough. Once we get to a point, I think in three months we'll be maybe where the states are, where the majority of the population wow. has at least had one shot. And obviously vaccinations work. I mean, you guys, you know, have low cases for one reason, because you guys are going, obviously a lot of people in, in America doing back to, you know, not business as usual, but at least a little more normalcy. Vaccines are helping. So, I mean, there's no doubt that the vaccines are helping. So I, I just got nervous yesterday for the first time in a while, because I'm going to Nashville for a bachelor party this weekend. And I saw a video of Nashville uh, from this past weekend at like the bars and it was packed, like yeah. jam. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, going to get COVID. <laughs> like, I think it's like. Gonna... Did you go in there? No, no. Oh, I, he's or, going this week. No, or this weekend, oh, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if it's anything like last weekend and there's no mask mandate now, oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Anyway. We hope those shots work. I hope it works. Is all I'm saying. You got the J and J one shot though. So you yeah. should be good to go. I want the J and J one no, shot. I want one shot and I don't have to worry about it. And it's the J and J is the least effective one. <laughs> okay, know. well maybe whatever. I'll take any shot. All right. They don't allow the Astra they got rid of the AstraZeneca one in Canada now too. So a lot of people I know took the AstraZeneca. Now they pulled it. So <laughs> oh this this world. It's a right, it's uh, an interesting world we're in. And we talk stocks here. It's interesting yeah. stock market as well. To figure out this stock market day to day is such a challenge, even figuring the stock market out at all. Because you think, okay, we're starting to look weak. We're starting to go down. And then they come in with their buying shoes on. But I will tell you, if you move away from the stock market world into the real world, people are buying not just you know <laughs> certain things. They are buying everything <laughs> and now we see that in earnings here today we should put them all together macy's walmart earnings blow it away we knew home depot would blow it away because everybody's buying uh, supplies and, and obviously construction materials for their homes but walmart macy's blow it away too spencer israel tell all us right. about these reports uh without getting too many numbers because it'll it'll bog it down just know just no, i'll give you one number from macy's okay check this out macy's earnings they beat but check out this guidance raise okay macy's uh fiscal year eps guidance it was 40 to 90 cents for the year that was their guidance that was their prior guidance eps guidance for the year 40 cents to 90 cents that was the range yesterday they said okay forget that range now it's going to be a buck 70 to two dollars and 12 cents oh, that's a new range man. from mm -hmm. from like mid to high um uh you know like uh but uh, 50 cents to to a dollar that area to high one dollar low two dollar area for the fiscal year eps just to, i don't i don't remember that ever happening with brick and mortar retail okay just a ridiculous guidance raise for macy's walmart said the same thing they said they're raising their guidance as well they thought their eps um for the year was going to decline slightly now it's going to uh in increase in the high single digit range so just ridiculous Ridiculous guidance raises for both Macy's and Walmart yesterday. I'm sorry, this morning. It's the buy everything market. People are going and they're just buying stuff. You know, we obviously had a year where we were conservative. We're, you know, a lot of people obviously in lockdown, not buying things. We bought some outdoor stuff. Now it's like we're coming out and what Mitch is saying, you know, it's like the roaring 20s. We're coming out of this. 
and we're coming out with our buying shoes on, not buying necessarily even for stocks and stuff, buying real things, going to stores and actually buying stuff, like everything. Those earnings are incredible. Macy's, what a two-day move. I was actually spooked. I wanted to take it long into the report, but I'm like, man, it had a big run up the last couple of days from 16 to 19. And now, obviously, you know, it does continue to go higher, but, you know, a lot. This is an incredible three-day move. We're talking about a stock that just went up 30% in three days, and maybe it's rightfully so if they're going to have earnings like that. This is uh, this is a retail. I think you're going to see retail leading the way here today because we've got these earnings. But, I mean, if it continues like this, maybe retail continues to lead, lead this market. What are your thoughts, Mr. Alconin? Not pent-up demand. I mean, people uh, saving money, first of all, right? You didn't go out. You need new things. You were putting a lot of money towards your home. And now, you know, you need new pair of socks, new pair of jeans. I mean, you know, just all the basic things that you buy. And they just did it in one quarter. So not not a big surprise here. Uh, great two-day run in uh, Macy Street, leaning very long into the report. Uh 21 bucks. I mean, can we get to $21? They got a pair of highs there. Uh, 2110. Uh, that was back on March 15th, and you had another high up in that area, right at 2094. So we'll focus on 21. Can we get to 21 yeah. and then break out? I think uh, the January high was even at 2230. But got to get up there, take out 21, or else you might see a little fade because a lot of people, hey, they bought this in the 16 handle on Friday. Now you're looking at 20. So see if they ring the register or just jam this thing over 21, 22, 23. We'll see. I don't know if you're going to get much of a pullback here. This is such a good report here, Joel. I look at this and think, oh, I kind of want to short into the pop. And I'm like, not on those numbers. I'm like, this is... And, and you think about it from a valuation perspective. We talk about we're in this value market. If they're going to make two bucks next year. That's the huge. trading with a, a PE of 10 now. And it just had a huge run. So there's a case here that if these, you know, maybe, you know, like I was saying, you know, a lot of these retailers didn't really make sense that they're trading above where they were before COVID happened. But maybe it does make sense. Because if they're going to come out spending like this, if the consumer is going to come out and spending like it appears to be going to um, with everything, then these, maybe these retailers, maybe this is like the turnaround for them. So maybe Kohl's should be back trading above at $65. Full disclosure, I'm long some Kohl's. Um, maybe it should be you know, trading up here. Maybe JWN should be trading up above where it was before COVID started. There's an argument here. I mean, the real world is actually doing very well from a retail perspective. The consumer is hot. We know this is driving inflation as well. But I've been saying, you know, they're buying certain things like we know, like construction and stuff. But it looks like today, this this is really good news for the retail uh, retail stocks, this, in my opinion. This has this has always been one of the uh, potential outcomes of, of COVID, right? Is, yes, right. Is like it, the, there's there's the camp that believes, uh, uh, like you know, we talked about this before. How events like co- like the, like COVID and a pandemic will lead to generational shifts. We saw it happen with the with the re- Great Recession, the housing crisis, um, leads to generational shifts. Uh, and there's there's there is a camp out there that believes, oh, this is going to lead to a roaring twenties type situation where wages are going to have to go up and the consumer is going to be flush with cash and everything is going to be great. And and this is in that situation, this is what happens, right? Macy's 
all brick and mortar retail benefits. Um, and that's always been a possibility. The other side of that coin is that doesn't happen, right? There is no roaring 20. This is a temporary thing. This is maybe it's um, a result of, of excess stimulus money. That's good. That's going to go away soon. You know, uh, we don't know. Right. But there's, there's the other side of that coin where this doesn't happen. There is no roaring 20 situation. This is a temporary boom followed by a bust. And that's also still a possibility. I don't want everyone to think that that is not. So keep that in mind. Always, there's always two possibilities, but that roaring 20s, Mitch was just talking about it too. Looks looks like it's a possibility. Holy. You know who mentioned that on an afternoon show about six weeks ago? Who's that? Um, Sean? Bob. Bob. Oh. Oh, Bob Bright. Oh, Bob Bright. Yep. Bob's yep. always got it. He, he, Bob's good, you know, with the macro. He figures stuff out usually yep. a, a long ways before. That's why he's been so well. Bob Bright. I was the owner of Bright Trading, who started Bright Trading, and you know he does macro analysis and puts on very large size positions. You know on his macro beliefs, he gets it right a lot of times. He's smart, You're right? Bob, it, it, Bob is smart. Wait, I, I want to highlight what, what what Darren and 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 Darren. I don't know if he believes this or is just playing contrarian. I, I'm I'm really just giving the other side of the coin here, but you know you have to wonder: is this a sign of things to come, or is this just pent up demand still, still pent up demand? And we're working through it now, from uh, and we're and we're going to get it through that demand, and it'll go back to being what it was before, which was secular decline, brick and mortar retail, yeah. where you want to be. It's all about online, online, online. Yeah. If, if that were to happen, then you know Macy's and and on all these brick and mortar stores are going to go back to doing what they were. But that's not happening now. It very well could happen. Um, and we don't. Unfortunately, we don't know. We we don't know. There's there's so many factors on both sides, right? There there is the you got you got to consider uh, inflation. You got to consider uh, interest rate increases. You got to consider wage hikes. You got to consider evictions. They just got rid of the eviction moratorium. What's going to happen there? Um, there's so much to consider on the macro side. Um, I I can see a case for both situations. I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, I don't have my crystal ball today. Yeah. But for the moment, for the moment, it, it we are in a bit of a roaring twenties situation. I saw a headline yesterday. I didn't read the article, but uh, I'm going to paraphrase the quote from the headline, which was "You name it, we're, we're short." Like, and I mean, like for, for, from a good standpoint, like we are short on goods. We don't have enough. Demand have, is just off we, the we, charts. We don't have enough stuff right now. Everybody yeah. is buying everything. You yeah. literally cannot keep it on the shelves. Yeah. So it's hard to be bearish this market. Again, you know, we haven't liked a lot of the tech stocks. And this actually isn't great news for a lot of the high growth tech all, names no. because people are getting into real stuff again. You know, obviously, we know a lot of tech benefited from this different type of economy that we had in 2020. Now, you know, people are sitting there on their Pinterest. Like, you just think about it. If you're going to get out in the real world and doing stuff and we're going to get away from it all, I mean, your, your Pinterest, your Twitter, social media, I don't think it benefits from that. So not saying that these stocks, you know, are, you know, these are still, you know, core people use this stuff, but it's not the direct benefit from a roaring 20 situation. What is, and you know, and there is some opportunities here. Maybe we should look at Boeing again. You know, full disclosure, I do have a little bit of Boeing just in the overnight account. Um, but I mean, from a longer term perspective, you know, not even just Boeing, but Norwegian cruise lines. It's come back the last couple of days. Maybe we got to start exploring 
the whole reopening trade seriously again here because we have pulled back in some of these stocks and they have maybe given us an opportunity to get back in on some of these names. Like, I mean, even a Southwest Air, we're kind of in consolidation station here, hasn't broke out. Is this the next one to go? Is Southwest Air the next one to, you know, we start to see people like doing the travel thing? I mean, we talked about Disney. Did you buy your Disney yesterday? I, I sold my Ford and then turned around and bought my Disney. Oh, you sold Ford early. I know. I know. I know. You got to wait till the event. I uh, uh, ah one day, one day he holds it for six four months. Six wait, months. Wait till like an hour before the event. I well, wait till nine thirty at night, Dennis. I thought, didn't we come to that? Conclusion? Yeah, so we got to we can hold it right through the whole All after right. hour session. Sorry, I, no <laughs> I, I have no patience. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the patience. People joking. I go bullish, bearish for sure. As a trader, I go bearish, I go bullish, I go bearish, I go bullish. This has been the type of market that I'm getting chopped up on my – like, this has been a tough market to call. You know, I made a great call, obviously, back in March, you know, when we had COVID a year ago. You know, there's there's moments in time, the reopening, I had a really good call on that. I made a lot of money from, you know, calling the reopening back, you know, after we had the vaccination uh, news. I was like, you got to get – we got to get a lot of these vaccine stocks and on the pullback there. But I'll tell you right now, in the last couple of months, the market's really hard to call. And, and for good reason. I mean, we were just chopping around. We have, you know, even on SPY, we've got nowhere in a month. So there is two camps here, and they both have good cases where, okay, tech stocks are all way ridiculously overvalued, and they're going to come in. But then you also have this roaring 20s, you know, that's going to drive everything else, which could end up driving SPY to new highs. So, you know, we got a bullish market in commodities. So it's a really tough market to call SPY. You know, you can call little in- intricate little stocks and say, and right now today I'm saying, some of these were sleepy reopening plays are probably a buy. I like the Disney. I got talked out of it by Tim yesterday. I did not buy it um, because I thought it was early, but I still kind of like the Disney as a reopening play. I do think I am going to buy some here eventually. want to show some life. But this market is a very tough market to call right now. If people you know, are saying, oh, yeah, this is easy. You know, I just make money every day. I mean, as a trader, you can make money consistently. But as an investor here, it's a trick, tricky market to call because even what you were saying, Spencer. I mean, there, there's like well, multiple scenarios here. They, like this they, could go the other way. Yeah, and, it's one and, quarter. We got one quarter of information. Yeah, and you yeah, know, it's really it, tough. We had so. What are you going to do? You can't. You can't say, "Oh, this is a one-off." You just have. You just have to play it now. Next quarter, there's going to be higher expectations. You know, is there going to be a you know a big decline? So right now. Just based on the information, you have to go with the information you have. You just can't sit around and say, "Oh, this is you know this is a one-off." So I don't know. We yeah. spent a lot of time talking about the possible scenarios, but the information that we have now, you have to make your decisions on, and then you know reevaluate coming into uh, Q two. I mean, if things you know keep going the way they are with the you know with the vaccine, the rollouts. Uh, Lisa's very, very interested to see what is the net effect of, uh, you know, the mask coming off. Uh, you know, some people are already doing it in the places. So if we're at the point where, hey, you know, masks are off, we're doing things and it continues the next, then you'll have another quarter like this. I just think it just depends, you know, on what happens. And she's keeping a close eye on the statistics. They're moving the right way, and let's just hope that that continues. But 
different changes, different that you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. A lot of people aren't getting vaccinated too. That's true. Um, and there's a lot of kids that aren't vaccinated. Well, uh, yeah, because they're not even two to twelve still in trial. Right. Right. So, so there's a lot of unknowns here, but the stats so far are very promising using the US stats because we know elsewhere we've had vaccinated, you know, we just don't have enough vaccines in Canada. But I mean, it's so far promising where you've got cases as low as they were since this started, yet people are going out and doing their stuff. It's kind of showing me that the vaccines are really working, which is awesome. I mean, this is what we want. This is really what yes. you know we've been trying to get. Like from you know, forget about the markets for a perspective. Let's just get our lives World. back. Yeah, I want to get my life back. You know, I hear I'm in can I can't even go on a freaking boat. So I mean, I want to get our life back. So I mean, this is good news. And you know, and then we got to put on our markets cap and think, okay, well, if we are going to go with the good news scenario, what do you want to buy? I think you're looking at sleepy reopening place. I think that's what you should be looking at today, not tomorrow, today. And now, you know, I named a couple there. Some of the cruise lines haven't really gone anywhere. The airlines, you know, they've had a couple days where they've started to perk up again here. But, you know, maybe you're getting away from, you know, some of these commodity plays that have just, you know, already had ridiculous moves. And maybe you got to move back into the traditional reopenings, the casinos, the hotels, the, you know, the, the, the airlines, the cruise lines. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Spencer? Well, should, should we look into those areas? Well, I was maybe I was looking more. I was thinking more about retail too. Because what about like well, that too? Like, like what about like Nike, which hasn't really done anything for a few months, right? Maybe, but you're buying Nike. The one thing to consider about Nike, which is why I wouldn't be just jumping at this, because they have a huge online presence as well. So it's not like all of a sudden that you know Nike. Nike almost was a sleepy lockdown play. It almost was because people were going outdoors and doing more things like, you know, with their running shoes. And we're going to go out again, but they were, you know, last year, it was a little bit of a sneaky lockdown story. It's not like your traditional brick and mortar. You know, there's not just like, boom, Nike store. Nike sells everywhere. Nike is everywhere. It's in your Foot Lockers, yes. But Foot Locker would be more of a reopening play than Nike itself. But Foot Locker is run. Oh, I just think you look at like the, like maybe you're looking at the Coles again. Christian right. Frommert's tweeted out yesterday or, or you know, some of these other ones. And obviously they're going to be up with Macy's today. So it's tough to, to buy them on the up day. But well, I, I'm just trying to understand here. So it seemed like we spent the whole, if you go back to the, to the, to the hotels and the, the airlines, the, the airlines, for example, um, we spent the whole way up sort of questioning that a little bit. And now that they've stalled, you're you're more convicted yeah because i th- this goes right back to my trading investing i don't buy stocks when the train has left the station and is rolling down the tracks yeah i make a position i put on a position when the train is still at the station i like to yeah. see if there's a big move and then a consolidation period okay we're at the next station now is the consolidation period is when i strike i don't want to strike when a stock just moved 20 percent because then you get the natural correction and you're down 10 percent on the position so I like to strike when we're in consolidation station. And we are in consolidation station on a lot of these airlines. I'm just, you know, flipping through charts here as I'm talking. I mean, American Airlines really is kind of in consolidation station. Yes, it's started to break out yesterday. Would it have been a better call yesterday? Yeah, you know, but we weren't talking about that yesterday. Maybe you weren't look you can't look at everything. But, you know, on a little pullback to twenty-two, I, I think there's a lot. I think some of the automotive companies too. I know you just sold your Ford, but you know, you start thinking, okay, well, we're gonna start getting out there and 
buying things and buying everything, these automotive companies, traditional ones, are probably going to blow it away too. I mean, GM's pulled back significantly here. You've had Toyota started breaking out there. I sold that. Honda has pulled back on their earnings. But there's a million plays to think about, you know, just for buying stuff, retail plays. Not that automotive is retail, but it is to a certain extent. I think you got to go into the people are buying stuff market, like physical stuff. Maybe physical stuff, anything with physical stuff, the physical world, not the digital world. That would be a that would mean a short NFT thing, right? Because NFTs are all digital. And uh, is, is there a, is there a short stuff ETF or you know yeah. old yeah. stuff? Just buy stuff. Oh, not no. S T U F F or S T U F stuff. That's what people are buying. Uh, well, you could do like uh, launch that show. We'll you all get rich. Well, well, you, you could short, stuff ETF. You, you could short the stay at home. The, the stay-at-home ETF, uh, what, what is that from Direction? They have a stay-at-home ETF. Uh, you can short that. It's uh, it's work. Yeah, uh, WFA, to work from home. You, you, you could just short what that. What about Airbnb, Dennis? <laughs> I like it. You know what? At a certain point in time, I still like the Airbnb story, too. It's just we, we, we got away from nobody wants to go to a physical hotel last year. So Airbnb was almost priced in like a lockdown play, too. I like Airbnb, actually. $133 is not bad. I mean, it's still the valuation stupid, which is a problem with all these things. I mean, people are saying, what's wrong with that? See, I mean, the valuation, we still got to consider, you know, that valuation, lower valuation stocks are more in than high valuation stocks. So there's multiple themes going on here. One, we've got a reopening. But two, we still hate high-valued stocks. Macy's is trading at a PE of 9 or 10. It's not a high-valued stock. Could it start to take off? It could. I wouldn't want to be short it. Could it pull in today on the, the good earnings? Maybe. You know, any, anything can happen. Nobody knows anything. Like people How are like, oh, people, are, people are in the chat are saying, I'm talking without any facts. You know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's all opinion. I mean, nobody really knows. We're giving you the facts of the reports and we're trying to come up with a theory it's right there. on what it's we right think there the next the, stock's the going to go. They beat. People bought stuff. They're not lying. Our, our, our theory is that people are buying stuff. This is our theory. <laughs> It doesn't seem to be even – that's a fact. People <laughs> bought stuff at Macy's and Walmart. It's a fact. <laughs> a so now we've got to come up with a theory on how we can profit from it. Just coming and buying Walmart when it's up 4.5% is probably not the player, 4%. You're quarter, chasing too. it. Yeah. But there's other stocks that maybe haven't you know responded yet. Maybe there's other opportunities. Maybe there's sleepy ones. Mitch this morning was talking about some of the pharmacy stocks. Maybe like a Rite Aid. You know, maybe we're going to get stupid and we're just going to, you know, people are going to there to get their shots. Maybe they're going to blow it away too. You know, there's some sleepy CVSs in consolidation stations. CVS broke out. I had this on the monthly and boy, oh boy, I wish someone would have asked about it before because look at that. All those highs in 19 and then early 20 and then, on the first bounce in January up there, and then ba-boom. What, what about Walgreens Boots Alliance? Is that left? That yeah. looks okay. That looks okay. Yeah. They're healthy. They're near the high. You, you'd rather buy a stock in an uptrend than a downtrend. I usually like to buy them on dips, but I think eventually Walgreens breaks, breaks out. I think eventually CVS breaks out. Right, it's always been the dog of the group, so it does funny things. It's had a big couple yeah. of days. Yeah, but above a... 20, it gets interesting. You know, Could there be a short squeeze in a right? I don't know what the short interest is. I haven't looked. That thing runs. Yep. It can run. I mean, and the Reddit stocks, too. Let's go I was about because... to mention. I was about to mention AMC. AMC is running yeah. here. This is Reddit stocks. We're going yesterday. GameStop, big day. AMC going. 
I don't know. There's like a bunch of them, obviously. Bed Bath and Beyond perked up a little bit. Maybe that's one that's going to go. Maybe we should think about a Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. That's a traditional box. That actually was a Reddit play. Maybe Triple B Y is a play, Joel. What do you think of that one? Very interesting fact. I they did something that I've been recommending for a long time. You know how they had those twenty percent discounts, yeah. right? What'd and they, they gave them away like they're yeah. going out, right? So I needed to get a wedding gift for a buddy of mine's uh, son. And I'm looking around and there's no 20% coupons. And then what comes in the mail yesterday? A 10% coupon. Look at this. They They got some demand coming. They figured it out. 10%. Lisa's still trying to get a 20% one online. But, I mean, we talked about that. Like, they give everybody 20% off, you know? Then they cut it 10%. Boom. They're making so much more money. But that one that one is sleepy, right? I, I kind of like the Bed Bath & Beyond. It, it, it's, it's been going down. It's an ugly downtrend. But, you know, yes, you're kind of consulting above 25. You stop yourself out the low of the mood, 22.85. So you're risking yep. yourself 10%, which is a little bit too much for my taste. But I think there's room to 30 I think Bed Bath & Beyond could have a little sneakier out if we're going to move into this retail rally. The one thing you have to consider is we're on the first day of real good information from Macy's, Walmart. These stocks have to hold oh, on. Deep, Macy's oh. and Walmart turn around and roll over. Yeah. Then that whole theory that we're creating this morning goes on hold. I mean, we were talking about AT&T yesterday, which we got absolutely wrong, talking that this could be a way, you know, the dividend is safe. And apparently not. the dividend's not safe at all, and they're intending to cut it. Yeah, well, so, in hindsight, it makes sense because they're they're selling off a major asset, right? So they're going to have less less cash flow. They screwed up major on this deal. I mean, yeah, we wow. were I, I didn't like the deal for AT and T. I said right. that yesterday. I had no idea that they were going to have to cut the dividend to do the deal. This, you know, Kramer, give him some props here. Oh, he nailed he was that. all over it. He was all over it. And I never read any of it. I guess the devil's in the details. You got to go down and look at that payout ratio. You know, we getting breaking news we're doing the early show um but unbelievable reversal for that yesterday this is a dividend stock and you all of a sudden got it you do a deal that makes you cut the dividend i I jinxed at&t all the years can you believe it (laughs) and i own it less than two weeks and they cut the dividend, all, man. It happens to us all, Joel. Forget dividends. Forget dividend stocks, man. You know what? I'm selling my AT&T, and I'm buying Macy's. Kathy Wood stocks. Macy's. <laughs> Kathy Wood. That's what I'm doing. I go, I go conservative. Too, I'm like 6%. I'm going to hide a little bit of cash. And boom, like the rug pull. I can't wait to talk to my buddy that I talked about this. He is going to... I, I jinx and you know what? This is a disaster. It's a, well, if you think about it too, what does that tell you? Like, do they do they need cash? Is there something they're not telling us? Well, with this deal, apparently they do need cash. I, I don't understand why they would do a deal like this. And then we thought, okay, well, they're going to pay down some of the debt, which will help them. But all of a sudden, they don't have enough cash flow to even pay the dividends. So they think they're going to be a more stable company selling I don't their know. best assets or spending off some of their best Two assets. Bucks. What the hell and then they're going to slash the dividend $2. in half. Look at that. This is the, one of the ugliest reversals I've ever seen. 
you know, where a stock was trading up 34 in the pre-market, you know, I, the key reversal. Data dog, give me the, some. One of the ugliest dog. key reversals I've ever seen. I know. The, if you're coming in and buying the dip on AT&T today, I think you were wrong. I'm going to say, could it bounce? Yeah, just sold off five straight bucks. I think you're, I think you got to be a seller of all rally. If they're cutting the dividend, I think you have to be a seller only, of all yeah. rally. I, I just, I might cut bait in it today. I, I don't, I, maybe I mean, you get it back up over 30. Maybe there's like a little whipsaw effect, but I don't know. I would not want original, to be on My Sorry, original go. plan was to just sit tight and wait for this gap fill. <laughs> well, now it's going to be a gap fill on the upside that I'm going to have to worry about from earnings. So, uh, I have to look with this, um, you know, this new stuff. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's really, uh, it's really the rug pull of the century. And it I, is. Am, can I, I is. just can't believe it. I, I, if I can play devil's advocate for a moment here, please. Um, you know, John Stanky just spent the better part of the last year undoing the two major deals of his predecessor, right? Direct TV and, and Time Warner. Um, so is this like a long-term turnaround situation where he's like undone the work of his predecessor, he's gotten out of that mess, and now they can start to 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 turn things around and grease the wheels. And yeah, yeah but but yes. they they short short term short term pain. Yes, yes, short term pain for a long term gain. I'm What's just, the long term gain? Because spin off some of your better five, assets, slash the dividend which you never caught. Five G, man. I don't know. I'm just trying to. I don't know. I'm, just I'm, I'm pissed. I didn't like the deal yesterday when I thought that the dividend was safe because I was like, well, they're self suspend off some of their better. Now I find out the dividend might get was cut that out originally. I really hate the deal. Spencer, it, it, it was out, but it was phrased confusingly. And Oof. some names are just better. Sorry, Joel. I mean, this we all get it. I get it. I get this happen to me twice a week where I get caught on the wrong side of something bad. And you know what? You just got to get I had it happen to oh, me last yeah. night. I had it happen to me last night. I was trading TPGY. I didn't know it reported. I missed it. You know, there's a million things reporting. You're doing a million things. I end up buying some of the warrants on a dip, and I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. You know, what That's... do I do? What do I do? I turn around and hit the next bit, you know, and I eat it for, like, a significant loss, but What's I that? don't play games with it. TP, this happens, you know, to me every. So you get caught on the wrong side. It's something you make a bad call. You got to work yourself out of problems. The one reason why I've been a successful trader for twenty years is not that I pick winners all the time. It's that I know how to work myself out of losers. I'm quick to work out of losers. It was TPGY.WS. The warrant. What the hell? That's got T. I trade everything, man. I trade everything. W. What is it? TPGY.WS. TPGY is that you can just look at that because it's the same. It's Thank you. Spencer. The warrants will trade off of that. Yeah. <laughs> I looked. I can't even bring this thing up. TPGY. Okay. So, anyways, I didn't know it was due to report last Dennis, time. Dennis, pace. I was making a market F4? and I got hammered. So, did you look at the chart? No, I don't at... look at charts, Joel. <laughs> you said something. I traded 150 looked... stocks last night. So, <laughs> I'm not looking at the chart on them all. But you're going to get the odd one you get hammered in. Every single night I get hammered in something. You have to. If you're trading if you're trading 100, 200 stocks on a given night, you're going to get hammered in something every single night. You're going to be on the wrong side of something. I'm trying to teach something here, though, that it's okay to yes. get hammered. It's okay, Joel, to be on the wrong side of AT&T. It's okay. 
It's no, how it, you work yeah. out of it that will dictate. There's going to be a lot of people. You're you're doing taking the higher road saying, I'm going to sell my AT&T and eat the loss. There is going to be 90%, not joking with you. I don't have facts. I don't have the facts on this, but I will tell you. <laughs> the majority of traders out there who bought AT&T yesterday at 32 will not sell it at 29 and a half. They will absolutely refuse to take the loss. And what's going to happen? Not necessarily. Sometimes it's going to come back. Sometimes they're going to come back and they're going to get out at 31. They're going to see, see, I told you so. But there's going to be a time where this stock is not going to come back. Some of them are not going to come back. And you're going to get hit hard. And, you know, a lot of people are really the victim of that with the spaces and the fubos and the ones that have really come off. And some of these stocks are not going to come back. So the key to successful trading is to admit you're wrong quickly. Identify. First, identify you're wrong quickly. Then admit it. And then act on it and get the hell out. I turn around, I'm like, oh, crap, it reported. Where's the next bid? I'll eat this right now for 50 cents. $3 stock. Eat it for 20%. You know, it's a warrant. So, boom, I'll just eat the 20% loss. Literally a minute later, I'll eat it. Gone. I, t- I eat 20%, you know, because I'm like, okay, it's going lower. Because I Wow, see housing starts here, Dennis? Nine down, nine and a half percent versus down 2%. Wow, housing stops. Here we go. Uh, S&Ps are pulling back. We are now within four points of the low of the session. I guess they're not buying houses or building building permits are up. Spencer, do you got that number? Yeah. Was it really that big of a miss? U.S. building permits month over month for April, point up 0.3%. The prior reading was uh, revised downward from 2.3% to 1.7%. Now you know Uh, why your rockets and these things were going down. There you go. You got your fundamental information coming now after the movement in the stocks. What do you know? Look at that. It's probably, I mean, the easy, the logical thing to conclude is Christian Gallagher just said it is no one can afford to build a home right now. So (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Chris Couchy chimed in there saying, Dennis, in addition to TPGY having earnings last night, there was also an 8K in which they said that their deal uh, with a uh, with the, their deal with an electric charging company has been delayed. So there was, uh, there was that to go with. Dennis was out. He but, hit the bid. He, he bought right. it. He but my point being, yeah, yes. point being, that, my point being, I was trying to make a point here before we interrupt with a bunch of housing crap. I'm trying to like teach, like what we try to do on this show is we try to teach traders to trade. Like I've been prof of 20 years. I've been profitable every single year. I've been profitable in my prop account every single month for 20 consecutive years. And I'm going, and that's, you can, I'm, that, that's, you can ask Bright Trading. Every single month in my Bright Trading account, I've been profitable every single month for 20 consecutive years. That includes the financial crisis. That was my best year ever, 2008, when the stocks were going straight down. But I'm not sitting here trying to brag about myself. I'm trying to say I don't make money because I make good calls. I make money because I know how the hell to get out of my losers. That's why I'm profitable all the time. It's I know risk management. So, you know, long-term investing account, I have losers. I probably had some losing months in my long-term account for sure because it moves around. I'm loaded with SPY. My SPY is down in the month. My long-term investing account is probably going to be down in the month. But my regular, my income job, my trading job, I'm profitable every single month. And, you know, maybe I'm jinxing myself. Maybe I won't be profitable one of these months. You know, I'm sure it's going to happen. It's been a long streak. But the reason I'm consistent is not that I'm, you know, making awesome calls and I just see charts and I see patterns, I see stuff. It's not I'm, I'm, when I'm wrong, I get the hell out. I get the hell out. I get out no matter what. My, my bright training account goes flat every single morning around 10 a.m. because then I go and I help my kid with school. 
So every single morning I clean my account out, 10 a.m. It's clean. So I can't like, I'm not holding something saying, oh, I hope this comes back tomorrow. You got to clean it out. If you're a day trader, be a day trader. I'm a day trader slash overnight trader, a 24 hour trader. Yeah, you trader got a little different stuff. style, Dennis. Yeah, I but, mean... but you know what? That style can work. You've got to use it in your swing trading too. I don't have swing trades that kill me, you know, and I lose 20, 30, 40% on them. You've got to have risk parameters set in, you've got to have discipline. That's the only thing that matters in this game is discipline. As a trader, if you want to be a trader and you want to trade for a living, or if you just want to be a better retail trader, you got to have discipline. Because if you hold on to your losers, eventually your portfolio will be full of a bunch of losers. Let's bring Nick Shaheen on here from Creating Come with Options Spreads. He's our options guy. Nick, uh, good morning. Good morning. Well, I'm sure you have many thoughts on the last few minutes. <laughs> uh, first, Joel, I can't believe it. Next time you want to buy AT&T going into a pivotal point, let me know. There are facts on the charts. I should have told you not to do it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, no, no, so. no, no, no. He didn't just buy AT&T. Oh, I thought he did. I- you know what, though? I'm really um, – I'm very happy because I'm sad it's going down, but I'm, I'm glad that I didn't – like I was going to go bigger in it than I did. Yeah. And now, you know, uh, you know, added to a loser is not a great idea. But I'm, I'm glad that I, I have the portion that I had. Yep. It got the pop. We'll see if it can stabilize. So, so a couple of comments about them. what I've heard this morning. I mean, good debate going on. I, I'm not reading the comments as far as the uh-huh. tab among the people. But uh, <laughs> you guys brought points about facts and opinions. You know, when I do my market um, update video every weekend, it, this is what I lead with. I state the facts and then I make an opinion. Yeah. And then I say what I'm watching to see if my opinion is correct throughout the week. So the facts are easy to get. You get the reports. Um, you get the actual. The other fact that you guys didn't discuss is the actual chart itself. You know, price is truth. There's no lying in the actual past price of something. So you you look at that. That's also fact. And with the AT and T, the level at which it failed, which is 34, I think. Oh, um, yeah. Well, if you look back, this is was this was the pivotal level from uh, 2018, and now it's falling back into a level that's even longer than this. So it hit resistance, it's falling back into support, normal price action, headline or not, this was going to happen. So that's the other fact that could help you with your opinion making process. So it's not all in and all out, and it's manage your losses and know how you're trading. Like you guys, Dennis mentioned the day trading. Uh, Yeah, I trade daily, but I'm not a day trader. You're a little longer time horizon, but you're not a super long time horizon. Yeah, I'd rather not trade daily. I'd rather make one trade a year and walk away from it. But that's not reality. So, and as far as what's going on now, um, I've been tracking. We used to have rotation between small caps and NASDAQ. That's broken. Now the, the small caps and the NASDAQ are on their back foot when the Dow and the SPY were stronger last week. So this week, I'm looking to see if the bearish control continues in the NASDAQ. Um, the bears are in charge in the NASDAQ and the small caps on the lower time frames. If it bleeds up into the higher time frames, then the market is topping. So tops are not pointy things and bottoms should be round. And that's what I'm looking for. Are we making a round top? Whereas they start selling the rips versus buying the dips. So you make lower lows and then you knock against support. So I have like 30 alerts in my inbox to go along some stocks that are great because they hit strong supports. So I have these two things fighting each other. Are the supports going to fail? Then the market's going to go much lower. 
or is it going to hold and have rotation from SPY and DAO into these laggards? So this is the fight I'm watching this week. It's been going on for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been tough. That will determine how I go for the next month or two. Do you fight the tide? Do you realize the tide has changed? Did it change? And how you trade within it. So make sure you track these things before you make decisions. Every stock you trade, every ticker you trade has to work within the overall picture. So if the overall yeah, you can have going, the best stocks at the market right. overall pukes, you're going to be yep. in trouble. Yep. So, you know, there are a lot of trading stocks that are excellent supports, but I don't dare go all in because I know if the market wobbles, it's going down. I mean, look up, pull up an S&P weekly chart and tell me this is a dip. There's, I mean, we just There's made nowhere all nowhere near highs. dip now. Right. We just Not made all. Highs. But the sentiment is I've gotten questions. Do I buy the dip? I'm like, what dip? Where do you see a dip? It's one red tick on a weekly chart. So um, red happens, but this is where extremism is just breaking everything. What are your thoughts overall? Are we at the turning point here where eventually, you know, like we know that the growth names have really got hit, but it's value that's picked up the slack. So it's like, okay. What well, is this, value? Well, I'm talking like lower PE names, like the Coles and the, and, and the retail. And, you know, okay. there's just a, a ton of names there. Okay. You know, Berkshire Hathaway has really done very well. If you just look, you know, Berks near the highs. Yep. I mean, the value names, there's no doubt this has been a value-oriented market for a couple of months. Lower PE names outperforming higher so PE names. So I, I, would, I would contend that FANG is value at their PEs in the low teens. I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, but they're not considered that. value by the experts. They call the NASDAQ the growth they used to, and they still call it growth versus value in the small caps, which is false. But anyway, I get your point. So one of my thoughts is um, I'm, I'm watching the IWM, the QQQ. If you want to reduce it to facts, watch those two charts. You have actual lines to watch in both of these. So, uh, for example, on the Qs, if you go down, I think uh, the one-hour chart will give you a good a one or two hour chart will give you a good slice as to how it's trending down, lower high trend and see how it progresses. For example, um, on late April, we started at 340 and then the highs failed at 336 uh, in early May. And now last, last week and yesterday, uh, we're failing at 327, 28. This is where the battle is now. So if that fails and the battle moves to 322 and 320, then you realize that the the bears are selling the, the the market is selling the rips, but we're still holding the floor. So if we lose 316 on the QQQ, for example, these are facts, not opinions. The market will accelerate lower, in my opinion. That's where the opinion says, Last okay, how slows. when it breaks, where does it go from there? So technically, it's like an inverse cup and handle that has big downside. Like on the NQs, it's probably on. Uh, order of 800 points, 900 points on that one. Of course, it's in the 13s now, so it sounds big, but just to give you perspective. So a 10% correction in the S&P will get you back to, quote, the mean on the regression line on the weekly chart. And 20% will get you to the bottom end of the regression line. Those will not change the fact that the bull's in charge over the long term. Short term, you have to know where your stock stands. So on a bad day in the NASDAQ, somebody that's long calls everything, is devastated, whereas somebody that sells puts and put spreads has reds, but they can recover with just stabilization. They don't need a bounce to recover. So that's the difference. How are you trading the market? What are you trading? And at what levels? And what are you doing when it breaks down? Do you add to your losers? So you can't make these decisions without knowing who's who's in control of the price action. 
So the QQQ, I've just walked you through the scenario. There's an exact scenario to the IWM. I see it. Yep. 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 So watch what happens on the pops. And if we're establishing the bears have not established a, uh, a winning path like this uh, consistently. They, they do it, they do it, they do it. And suddenly something comes out, some stimulus, some 300 million trillion comes out and boom. After the races, we take it, uh, take the reins away. Another leg higher. Hey, Nick, I want to ask you about uh, about uh, uh, Bitcoin and doggy coin and versus <laughs> gold, and just just uh, I want to get your. I mean, gold's ha- now gold's having a nice rally. I just I yeah. want to get your opinion. That's because I shorted it. <laughs> <laughs> that always happens to me too, Nick. <laughs> well, I shorted it knowing it was up against resistance, and I said I'll get stopped out immediately, and I did. So anyway, but, yeah. But discipline so, there—you had discipline, stopped out immediately, and you did. Yeah. That's what keeps you in the game. Well, Notice I knew I was who playing with living fire. discipline. Yeah. yeah, I knew. I knew I was playing with fire, and I was like, immediately, if I if it goes above my level, I'm out because I was wrong. So the assumption was this, and this was broken. Therefore, I'm out. So yeah, to. You you want to know what I think about them? I yeah, think, longer term. Okay, yeah. so so the people currencies. people who I've said it on your show. I don't want to repeat it. Um, like like imagine the first transaction between uh, on gold. You know, one person with the yellow rock saying to the other person, "Give me your goat. Here's a yellow rock." They'll say, well, "What am I going to do with the yellow rock? What's that do for me? Nothing." So eventually, we develop the fact that gold is beautiful and we need it and we want it, even though it does nothing for us. So it has value. So whether cryptocurrencies First of all, I don't like to call them currencies because they're not stable enough for that, but they are great vessels for value. So you can't deny that because you you don't make the rules. The experts don't make the rules. It's the people that decide whether they have value or not, just like gold. There's value there for sure. That, because, because we say so. If one day we say, no, there's no value, there will be no value. That's the only reason. So it doesn't matter if we agree that they're real or BS or whatever. Um, they're there. Like Shiba Inu. Really? When somebody told me that the first time, I thought they were joking. But then I looked at it and was like, wait, what? <laughs> so um, they I have think there's idea. a big difference, Nick. Back up here for a second. I think there's a big difference when – I don't think you could put gold and cryptocurrencies why on not? the same parallel. Why not? Because – why not? Yeah. I can argue is that there, crypto is doing more service than gold. Crypto is driving fintech forward. What is gold doing? Uh, let's see. Um, do people use gold jewelry? Do they use gold in electronics? Yeah, why? Do they use gold? So there's uses mean? for it, Nick. There's no. actual uses for no. it besides it being a store we, of value. Not to the point to where it's uh, a valuable thing. Like, like uh, yes, there's use to steel, but steel is not a precious metal. There's more uses to steel than gold. So use function is not the reason we love gold to the extent we love it. We love it because we think it's rare and we have agreed as a people that we it's it's beautiful and we have to have it. Yeah. So But there is uses for it. There is very limited, not to the point to where it's two thousand. Why is it more valuable than steel, for example? Or although wood is getting there too. <laughs> you're, saying, you're talking about uh, uh, housing starts. There's probably not enough material to start housing. To start yeah to start the house. I, I, I want to ask talk, you that too, I talk Nick. to people. I talk to people. I have a friend of mine who owns a construction company on a big scale. They're dead in the water. They're yeah. struggling this, because this, it's just outrageously expensive. Right this now. is a point that I was thinking about the last couple of weeks. I don't know if I made it on the show or not, but it's been in my head floating around. I mean, I got to think that these higher lumber prices and higher input costs for KB Homes and Anar is going to eventually really hit these stocks because there's people like I like, for instance, I'm building the house. And I'm like, I've got a shop going with it too. 
And the, the way the lumber prices are, I'm like, I can't, I need the house because I need some place to live. I'm rent literally, you know, I, I don't want to be without a house. But I'm like, I'm going to scrap the shop for now. I'm like, I'm going to hold off building the shop because I don't need the shop right away. And why am I going to play a ridiculous amount of for lumber prices yeah. when I can build the shop, you know, and how many other people that maybe were thinking about doing a project like, no, nah, I'm going to hold off on that. So eventually here, that probably, you know, I'm going to go build a new house. Well, I'm not going to build a new house at these ridiculous prices. So I think eventually it does hit. Like you think naturally, oh, Lennar is benefiting because there's so much construction going on. But because the input costs are so high, I think the home builders are maybe a sell. It's it's falling back. Prices are ridiculous on everything out there. And these trillions of dollars we're releasing, that's, you know, I said it last year that the, the central banks are killing cash. This is, uh, we're starting to see it. I mean, now every conversation from the government has a T in it. I mean, when did this happen? A trillion is a lot of money and it's going to devalue money and it's going to cause people to pay. I told you about my son selling his truck. We paid $3,400 for it. He sold it for $8,500. Six months later with like 330,000 miles on it. Basic long bed, uh, extended cap, nothing, two, two wheel drive gasser. Nothing selling point for $8,500. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. So you back to your Bitcoin facts. Use it. Use the charts. So Bitcoin falling into 40000 44 to 40 has been in contention for a while. Selling it going into that is wrong. Buying it for a trade is a better idea. Um, if it bounces here and it loses the lows that just set, 41.8 or whatever it was, 42 then it could have another leg lower and it could be big, but it's going to go through a lot of uh, support cluster from whatever happened in the last uh, January around 20, 2021. So, and then there's a, like a place where you can buy it into that. As far as a concept, don't fight it. Um, it's, it's, you can't call something fake when it costs that much because there's enough people who believe in it whether I believe in it is immaterial. And in fact, it does serve a purpose because it's making our uh, financial uh, technology progress forward for, for whatever reason. The more of them you have, the more stuff they're going to come out with uh, to facilitate the process of transaction, I mean, the transaction process going forward. And last year proved to us that we need it. Nick, I got to ask you do you have a favorite shit coin or what? Huh. Uh, uh, do I have a favorite coin? Yeah, do you have a favorite? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Actually, wait, two months ago, two months ago, I opened an account at crypto.com. I was like, oh, I'll fund it. I'll fund it. I opened it to buy Ethereum when it was like 12, 1300. Okay. I don't remember exactly when I posted in the chat room. Uh, but it, I still don't own it. So um, I, but I <laughs> finally to buy it though. The intentions yes, were there. Yes. And yeah, it went yeah. to 4,400. So I made fictitious profits. Um, <laughs> fictitious <laughs> profits sometimes I are tripled better than my money. Profit. I tripled my non money. So, uh, <laughs> but then the second one I wanted to do was Cardano. Um, just for the fact yeah. I, I'm playing the, the logic is I following the logic of the quote experts. So I remember yeah. when it first came out, the, the bald guy on CNBC with the horse voice, I don't remember his name. Um, uh, the, he, he, he went out, <laughs> he went out and said the reason why, Oh, and Tom Lee, you know, the broken neck guy, uh, he, he went out and said, dude, uh, you tough. want the, <laughs> Hey, Facts. <laughs> so you want to uh, chase Bitcoin because it's chasing 
the market cap of gold. I thought it was a silly reason. I mean, that, that, but if that's what they're using, and guess what? They're still measuring that. Oh, it's one trillion. It's catching up to gold. So I thought Ethereum was going to do that. And that, that was the reason I wanted to buy it. And it did pop. And, and Cardano, I think Ethereum people started Cardano, or at least one yeah. of them. I figured uh, if he did it one time, he knows some people behind closed doors that he can do it another time. And that's why I picked ADA Cardano. So they're all talking about the Cardano. Nothing, too. I want nothing, to own that one too. Yeah, nothing that I know th that this is better than that. I'm just trying to find a chart help and uh, logic to see if I can gauge it. Also, you have to look at, I'm starting to look into like how many available they have. Um, you want something that kind of looks like Bitcoin. If you look at Bitcoin, it doesn't have billions available, whereas all the other ones have like, billions available. So you want something that is like rare. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not an expert in Bitcoin, but I can no. tell you, I read their charts and they obey the technicals on the charts. So if you're confused about Bitcoin, ditch the experts, go back to your charts and you can trade it successfully. Trade it successfully. If you want to invest in Bitcoin, in my opinion, you do it like you did gold, like the olden did. You buy a little bit at a time over years, you'll be okay. Yeah, that's that's a good cost average. Bet. All right, Nick Shaheen's the author of Creating Income with a Thanks, with Nick. Friends. He yep. runs the Benzinga Options newsletter. Thanks a lot, Nick. Joins us every other Tuesday. We got a couple minutes before I'm going to bring on David Seberg here, guys. Um, what, hey, oh, we AT&T again. We just got to go. I have never seen Jim Cramer talk down a stock and a company as much as he is talking down AT&T. I mean, he is just hammering the stock and he hammered it again last night he called it a clown show i've never seen jim kramer this vocal uh, against uh, what a company has done he's on cnbc again right now just talking at&t down and you know it's one thing kramer will get convicted but this is like two straight days where he has just been you know just beating on at&t now correctly um, so I just, you know, just showing you the influence. I mean, the reason AT&T people are saying, what is wrong with AT&T? Jim Cramer ran the most bearish piece that I think I've ever seen, you know, Jim Cramer run. He usually runs bullish. He doesn't usually talk that bearish, um, on CNBC. And then, you know, last night on Mad Money. And then, you know, he's, you know, on it again. He's talking it down again here. So, I mean, he's beating on AT&T, um, and maybe rightfully so. So just want to let you know that he's because he's on CNBC again talking it down. All right. Uh, I want to mention the MGM headline from yesterday, the, the report uh, from, um, I guess it was over the weekend or yesterday, that that Amazon is maybe in talks to acquire MGM Studios. MGM Studios is not the same as MGM Resorts. MGM Resorts is Taker MGM. It's a different business than MGM Studios. Nonetheless, Taker MGM did hit $41 on this headline. Um, even though it is a different different company entirely, not related to the company in question, yeah. MGM uh, uh, Studios. Huge pop on this last night, and then they realized, oh, MGM Resorts doesn't own the studios anymore, and it came all the way back down. That's just dumb algorithms. See, MGM, MGM, oh, bye, bye, Amazon. And then, you know, it's not even like a, a full, it's from the information. It's an opinion piece, really, more than anything. There isn't, you know, we can't just come out and say, oh, yeah, they're buying MGM. You know, this is one source that said there may be, this was a rumor. This mm -hmm. was just That's a rumor. Right. It wasn't even a really strong rumor when I was reading it. It was from some one source. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they buy MGM Studios, but if you're going to trade on rumors, make sure you got the right stock. Make sure they actually own yeah. the, the company and that's the getting bought. 
So MGM Resorts, like you say correctly here, Spencer, is the casino. So we're not talking the studios. Nope. So anyways, whoever's buying MGM up to 41 last night gets punished. They get a little bit bailed out by JP Morgan here this morning because it actually started trading in the red last night after everybody realized it was wrong stock. It gets another pop-up this morning because JPM upgraded MGM Resorts. So that's helping MGM. That's why it's trading up this morning. So in a counter to what they were saying you know, on some major media, MGM is not trading up on rumors that Amazon is going to buy it. MGM, the stock, is trading up because JP Morgan upgraded this morning. It is not the studios. So thanks, Spencer, for letting we, us know. We didn't even really talk Baidu. They blew it away. They're up. Uh, actually, a lot of Chinese stocks are up this morning, whether it's IQ, they had earnings, Baidu had earnings. They're both up this morning. We, we didn't really talk Home Depot either, but, I mean, we knew they blew it away as they did, and they're up as well. They did. So, um, those, oh, know. we didn't even talk Home Depot. Uh, Holy mackerel. They blew, absolutely blew it away. We knew they would. The question is, this is as good as it gets for Home Depot. I think it is. Just as I was saying with, I think, uh, the home builders, and I'm going to take that, it back to that. I think the home builders themselves. I think the home builders themselves. I think you're going to see, and, and not only interesting charts, just interesting thought process. Thinking th- like, th- There's people who are going to abort mission on construction projects. This is going to slow down. It went so stupid, the pricing, that there is people that are like, okay, like I said, I was going to build a shop. I'm going like, to hold off now on the shop for until the prices come back down. There's a lot of other people who are saying, I'll wait it. I'll wait a little bit until these lumber prices start to come back down. So this crazy demand that we're seeing, we're already starting to see the lumber futures come back down. It's down at like 1300 So we have pulled down the lumber futures already. But this is not good news for the home builders. And this is not good news for Home Depot and Lowe's either. I think Home Depot's and Lowe's is in a, an environment right now that this is as good as it gets. And I would actually sell the rally in Home Depot today if I was long it. So I would sell the rally in Home Depot. Lowe's is due to report on Wednesday. They're probably going to beat as well. So I'm more inclined to sell the rally in Home Depot than Lowe's because Lowe's is going to end up beating too. But I think this quarter was as good as it gets. All right. I'm a seller of Home Depot. All right. right, Just my opinion. Dennis, good luck out there. Joel, I will see you uh, you for the Okay, gentlemen, I'll uh, I'll stick around here. And uh, I got about six, seven symbols here. So I'll get on it. Uh, See you guys at 3.30. All right, I want to bring on our next guest here, David Seberg, who spent 25 years at Cowan and Company, um, you know, in, in healthcare research and investment banking. He was also a frequent CNBC contributor, and he left that to become the CEO of about that company, Polarity TE ticker PTE. Going to bring David on now. David, good morning. Good morning. Us. A, a little dark, but I can see you more or less. And that's is that's- it really dark? I apologize. I mean, I know the setup is I get a lot of light around me, so I apologize for the darkness, but we'll get yeah. through that. Yeah, we, we can work through. We can work through. So, David, uh, I, I've been meaning to talk to you uh, over the years is because I, I, I was very interested in, in your in your transition. You, you left Cowan. You, right. You sort of left the whole Wall Street thing and you moved over and you became the CEO of a biotech company. I'm just curious. You know, what was it about Polarity T and, and why did you make that transition? No, absolutely. I, I appreciate the question. I mean, you know, I think that's a, that's a really, really important point uh, to make here about the company. I, I um, you know, I did spend 25 years in Wall Street. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to really build an amazing career working at uh, Cowan & Company. Um, you know, I also did, as you said before, CNBC Fast Money uh, for many years as well as a contributor. And, you know, they're just a great part of my life. I, I, I sat on the board of Polarity, um, you know, for about four months before joining it full time. And, um, you know, I learned a lot about the technology they had, really excited about the technology. Um, 
and I believe that, you know, it, it was really a chance for me to, 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 to come work at a company that had amazing technology and really build it and, and scale a business that um, can really help save lives and, and, and improve the lives of human beings. I, I lost my mom to cancer when I was 10 years old. Um, I knew at some point in my life that I'd love to make a transition to work at a, at a company that, that, you know, really uh, was, was helping people. And this is a company that's truly helping people. We're saving lives. We're saving limbs. So, um, you know, learning about the technology, learning about, you know, the idea of, of, of really putting my skills, uh, you know, from Wall Street into play here and, you know, uh, work and, and rebuild a company like Polarity TE. Uh, it was just a fascinating opportunity and I jumped at it. So when the board came to me and asked me to, to, to come and help restructure this place because there was a lot of work to do, uh, I jumped on it. So I'm really happy I'm here, and and I'll tell you, it's been a lot of work. We had to do a tremendous amount of heavy lifting over the past uh, year and a half to two years, uh, but we're really in an amazing position right now to see this company, um, you know, uh, really accelerate higher based on the work we're doing. So you are a healthcare analyst, and I, I'm I'm just curious, like what what qualities, what characteristics do you look for? Did Polarity TE have? Yeah. Uh, Aside from you naturally wanting to transition anyway, I'm sure you know a red flag when you see one, right? So yeah. well, I, I'm just curious like what, what they had or didn't have going for them. Well, I thought was interesting as an investor, when I first joined uh, on uh, the board, I, I had invested in the company early on um, and really invested because they had a revolutionary technology that really was going to um, you know, change the way you know, wound care uh, existed. Um, so skin TE, for those of you that aren't aware, is really a product whereby uh, you take a small skin sample, a full thickness sample of a, of a healthy portion of the human skin, uh, and you use that. You, you, we put it through our technology and we create a paste-like substance uh, that we spread over that, that wound um, to regrow or regenerate um, uh, full thickness uh, skin, essentially, with the properties of you know hair and follicles it has sweat glands etc so instead of the traditional skin graft uh, you know split the thickness skin graft or you know these skin substitutes that are on the market we're actually um you know regenerating full thickness three-dimensional skin you know in, in in putting a patient's life in a much much better position uh it's pliable like i said it has sweat glands there's no itching or you know cream that's necessary to apply to this afterwards you literally have your own skin back on your body. Um, you know, when I when I saw this, you know, of course, um, vetted it out very heavily through our different channels and and realized that they really have something different. Um, the one thing that they did um, was launch through this 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 you know category of a 361 pathway product. And there was a lot of high expectations around how quickly this product could really penetrate into the market. Um, those expectations were incredibly high. And of course, you know, if you disappoint Wall Street once, um, you know, shame on you twice, you know, shame on them, really. So at the end of the day, there was a, a little bit of disappointment that surrounded the commercialization of this product. Um, but, but you know, the, the company never should have commercialized it as quickly as they did. Uh, that was a real false start as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, now we're going down a pathway, uh, you know, which is the BLA pathway. And coming out of this, we expect to have an asset that has a, a tremendous amount of value, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I'll say to you, we're entering into a market that has a huge pa patient population of need. So, you know, this is a really in incredible technology. Um, you know, you say I was an analyst before I ran all sales and trading at Cowan or sales or trading at Cowan. And essentially, I 
you know, I've obviously vetted out different companies like this before. Seeing what this company did, you know, uh, you know, especially being on the board, it gave me a lot of great insight and clarity to this technology. Uh, was a huge, huge, huge reason for me joining this company full time. I knew that if I came in, I could really make a change, and we're starting to do that. We're going in front of the FDA right now for our BLA, and we're really excited about our opportunity. Uh, so you had earnings out on Friday, and, and along with that report, you, you gave an update uh, on the regulatory uh, framework. Can you explain? It, it sounded like from the release that you're you're going down a different regulatory pathway for this. Right. Can you, yeah, we're transitioning, uh, as I said, from a 361 pathway, which is really a self-designated pathway, uh, to a 351 or a BLA approval uh, pathway. Can you, uh, can you explain? A formal, explain yeah, a, form, a formal biologic approval, essentially. Um, going down the FDA to get a formal biologic approval for skin TE. Um, you know, one thing that I, I, I talked about in the call that I think is really, really important and investors need to get their head around, this asset has, has already been used in over 1,200 uh, skin TE applications um, to date. We've had zero adverse reactions. We've generated a significant amount of supportive data. Uh, actually, last week, earlier in the week, ahead of earnings, we released our uh, data from our, um, our, um, our, our DFU study, our multi-centered randomized uh, trial with over 100 patients. That data was really, really important and it came out and it was significant. I mean, it showed that 50 patients, um, which received, uh, that it basically met the primary endpoint and secondary endpoints of the trial, which is incredibly important. I can get into detail if you'd like. Uh, but the reality is we've got a lot of supportive data around this asset real-world experience and clinical supportive data. Uh, and we know this asset really fills the void of an unmet need for a very large patient population. We've got IP. Uh, we now possess 11 patents uh, or allowed or granted patents for skin TE, two in the U.S. and nine internationally. So, you know, I look at it and say, I've been a biotech investor my entire life. I've never had the luxury of investing in an asset that offers really this level of insight to the potential success or failure of a clinical program. And when I say that, safety has really been proven out here through all the treatments that we've, you know, we've we've had over the you know years, which is roughly 1,200. And efficacy, we know this this really works well, especially in a lot of difficult to treat wounds with exposed tendon and exposed bone. I mean, we really have found the sweet spot for skin TE and we saw adoption really pick up with a very, very small sales force. If you notice our earnings, I mean, this is the, the our, our during our last quarter, um, we were significantly above where expectations were. And we were because, um, you know, we've, we've really been able to manage and understand the way this product fits in to the workflow and the lives of, of doctors and how it impacts patients and where the sweet spot is. Um, we only have, you know, eight sales reps right now or had eight sales reps essentially, you know, penetrating the market, which isn't really a commercial effort. It's really an awareness effort. But with eight sales reps, we are able to generate on average if you annualize our last uh, uh, re uh, our last quarter's revenue, it's roughly eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars per rep on an annualized basis, which is significant. So we're really showing that this asset um, fills a void from an unvet need, and you know, importantly, there there's safety profile and, and efficacy profile around real world experience that really de-risks this going into what we're entering into, which is the BLA uh, uh, process to to really uh, enhance the value of this asset. Once we get that, um, you have a, an asset that has a tremendous amount of value and it's really off to the races for us to make sure that we commercialize it effectively. 
Do you have any insight in, into the market reaction? Is that because the BLA pathway will take longer to get through or, or, or what? Well, you know, it's a good question. I, I really think that it's a little bit of, of clarity. Like, for instance, we are submitting, you know, we have said that we're going to be submitting our IND uh, in the second half of, of this year. Um, and then we, we, we hear back from the FDA and, and we receive, hopefully, after a little bit of back and forth, an accepted IND. Uh, under an accepted IND, you have more clarity as far as what kind of trials are necessary, et cetera. So I think right now the market's just digesting what is the FDA going to ask from us for uh, for these trials. And, and that clarity will, I think, will, will allow investors to really back into, you know, valuation. But I would say valuation right now, this 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 company, in my opinion, um, you know, we've we've gone through a lot and, you know, we are financed. Uh, we have a, uh, a lot of data, real world data and data we've generated. Um, we've got, you know, again, uh, over 1200 plus patients treated with zero adverse reactions, supporting the safety of this product. Uh, and we're going down a pathway that's going to create real value for this asset. So when you think about another company, let's say a drug company going through trials, uh, you're really flipping a coin to whether or not, um, you know, the outcome is going to be a certain, you know, a, a positive outcome. In this situation, you've got an asset that, that's been proven out in the real world. And now we're entering into a clinical, you know, stage, you know, trials of, of this product to, 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 to come out with a BLA. And let me tell you something. I mean, it's set up really well, in my opinion, for, uh, from a risk reward perspective. So the uh, the IND the investigational new, new drug application. Do you have a, a timeline on on that, or is, is that we expect the I, we ex, we expect we're going to be submitting our IND, uh, you know, uh, a submitted IND by uh, we, we we previewed with the street in the first in the second half of this year. Uh, so we're hoping to, to to submit that as soon as we possibly can. Okay, uh, and then it takes you know a little bit of time uh, to get response from the FDA, maybe a little back and forth, but we're hoping to have an open IND. Um, you know, as soon as we possibly can get one open. Got it. Got it. Uh, David, I, I, before I let you go, I, I just want to ask you, uh, you know, cause you were listening to our show before and you, you were, yes. ch- you were chiming in on the background in the background on, on our crypto conversation and not that any of us here are crypto experts. We certainly are not, but, uh, do, do you have any, any thoughts on, on, on that space right now? Or are, are, are you, bored? yeah, I feel like we, I remember on fast money, we talk about, uh, you know, Bitcoin or, or Ethereum or any of these crypto in general every day when, when Bitcoin was surging up toward 20,000. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin's going to continue to move higher. Uh, huge fan of Ethereum as well. I think the difference between this move higher and that original move up to 20,000 is, although you still have speculative money in the game here, you're seeing a lot of usage. The usage narrative really start to develop. So let's back up. When you look, when, when we saw Bitcoin in the past, you know, several years ago, rally up to 20,000, what we then saw was a lot of these, these other tokens, if you will, begin to be propagated, you know, and and these were utility tokens that have all gone bust for the most part. But a lot of those tokens, let's remember, were funded by a lot of the capital that was made uh, during that Bitcoin rush. Right. So you had really a lot of disposable, if you will, investable capital that was being poured into these utility tokens that ended up crashing down. And as Bitcoin rolled down, there was a lot of preservation of capital that was starting to come into play. And you just had this this sort of slam down on on, uh, you know, or crash, if you will. On Bitcoin and, and, and Ethereum and all these utility tokens that, for the most part, went bust. Now we call them digital assets, right? We've got a very different setup, in my opinion, for Bitcoin. What was a speculative setup out of the gate that took it to twenty thousand 
is now a very different setup. I think, of course, there's speculation in there, but there's a real usage narrative here that's coming into play when you see the adoption of other, whether it be payers or other companies using and adopting Bitcoin uh, from a payments perspective. Let's also remember you've got a significant portion of the world that's still unbanked, right? So the idea that you have a, 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 a technology or a, a currency, if you will, that allows um, you know, people or you know, individuals in other countries that don't trust their government, they don't trust the banking system in that, in that, in that, in that country to really invest in, into an asset that or preserve their, their, their capital into an asset that uh, they have confidence in. Uh, I think is going to start to build. And again, although we're not there yet because technology needs to improve clearly and there needs to be more, you know, a little bit more stability within the within Bitcoin. I think we're getting to the point where that's going to uh, become a, a narrative that is, you know, going to accelerate this higher as well. But let's not let's not, you know, uh, you know, forget the fact that, uh, you know, the blockchain technology, you know, the premise that Bitcoin has been built off of. You know, there's been investment by the likes of J.P. Morgan and all these massive banks for the past 15 years, essentially, uh, to really figure out a way to, to streamline their businesses. They love the, 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 the idea of blockchain technology to support clearing and settlement and all that stuff. And they're willing to invest in it. But there's a lot of them shun Bitcoin mainly because it's going to trample on their business. Uh, so I, I would say to you, look out. I think Bitcoin's going a lot higher. I'm very supportive of the asset, and I think that uh, there's a lot of really interesting things on the horizon here from the standpoint of adoption and um, and usage. All right. David Seberg is the CEO of Polarity TE, ticker PTE, former Wall Street executive. David, thank you so much. I, I'm glad I finally got to ask you that question because I would mean to ask it for over a year. Uh, so thank you so much for joining. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. All Appreciate right. it, man. Thanks a lot. All right, uh, it is 9.16, guys, nine minutes. What am I saying, nine minutes? Uh, nine minutes or eight minutes now until uh, David Green is going to uh, get on his stream and live trade the Open uh, for us at 9.30 is, is when the Open will start, and he'll be on at 9.25. Uh, so this stream is going to set is set to redirect to that automatically. You shouldn't have to do anything. It should just redirect to David Green's stream. Here is the schedule for today. You've got uh, pre-market prep right about to end. David Green training live at the Open. SPAC's attack will be myself and Chris Catchy today. Uh, Mitch had to go for an emergency root canal, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so he'll be uh, on painkillers and not air. Actually, he'll be in the chair, I think, uh, for, the, for the show. Uh, Power Hour at noon. Get technical at 1. Benzinga Crypto Show at 2. Biotech buzz back at 2.30, the At The Close show at 3.30, a full hour of Cannabis Insider today. We have an earnings special. We are talking to, um, who are we talking to? We're talking to the parent company. We're talking to Verano. Uh, we're talking for uh, with Jushi, I believe. we got uh, earnings. All three are or have already reported earnings, and we're going to walk through all those at 4 o'clock. So Cannabis Earnings special show at 4 o'clock on Cannabis Insider. We've got Trend Spider with Jay Kujastic running through his raindrop charts, special indicator that they developed at 5 o'clock, and Trading Nomadic wrapping up the day at 7. So there is the schedule. Uh, and as I've been mentioning, we are nearing the 100,000 subscriber mark on Benzinga's YouTube. And for that milestone, we are running a contest, and that contest will involve giving away a free share of Tesla. 
Yes, a free share of Tesla. Um, instructions on how to enter the contest are to come. Don't do anything yet. Instructions coming. We're giving away more than just a free share of Tesla. We, we, we have some other stuff as well, but uh, the free Tesla share is gonna is kind of the highlight uh, of, of the giveaway. Instructions to come on that, but I'm just teasing it. Uh, it'll probably start, if not later today, then tomorrow, but just keep that on your radar. We're not giving away any Benzinga swag. We're giving away some, you know, cool, really, really cool stuff. Real extra cool stuff for the 100,000 subscriber goal. It's, I'm not sure when we'll, when we'll get there. We're at 95K right now. Maybe we'll get there in a few days. I'm not really sure. But um, keep that on your radar. How many likes are we at today? We're at K right now. Maybe Oops. we'll get there in a few Mute the old YouTube. We're at 300 likes. Let's get to 500, guys. 500 likes is the goal for the end of this stream. Let, let's see if we can make that happen here. Uh, and then I'm going to just do some housekeeping items, uh, thanking our guests, David Seberg and Nick Shaheen. Uh, guys, you can always subscribe to Nick Shaheen's newsletter, by the way. I believe the link uh, is in the description. And I'll put it in chat right now. Give me one second to find it. Ba 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 ba. Where is Nick's newsletter? One second. All right. I don't know what happened to his newsletter. I'll find it for you guys. Hold on. I'm not going to leave until I get you the link to Nick Shaheen's options newsletter. Um, but, 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 but. Man. I don't know where it went. It's usually in my dock here. And also just got really, really quiet in the office because our AC just turned off and now it's like extra quiet and I can hear myself speak. Um, all right. I'll, I'll post that. I'll post that on the chat uh, or I'll, I'll add it to the, to the description after we're done here. I'm not going to search for it now, but I'll edit the description. I'll put Nick's newsletter uh, in under his name in there. Uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. Uh, the opinions of our hosts and guests do not represent those opinions of Benzinga. And I think that's it, guys. YouTube 20 is your promo code for Benzinga Pro. Go to pro.benzinga.com, get a free two-week trial, or enter the code YouTube 20 to get a 20% off any Benzinga Pro subscription. If you have your own platform, your own audience, your own following, you want to become a Benzinga affiliate, you can do so. You can earn 30% on every subscription you send our way. Go to benzinga.partnerstack.com. Dot com. The link is up on the screen there at the bottom, Benzinga.partnerstack.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Benzinga or Benzinga Clips on YouTube. We appreciate that. Thanks to all of you in the chat for hanging out with us, both our YouTube chat, uh, our Twitch chat, our Twitter chat, our Benzinga.com chat, our Benzinga Pro chat. I do my best to watch them all. Thank you all for participating and hanging out with us. We appreciate that. All right, David Green is starting in a couple of minutes. I'm going to sign off again. This will redirect straight to that video. You shouldn't have to do anything. He'll go live at around 925 or so, trading through the open. And I will see you all for SPACs attack at 11. Good luck at the open. And I'll see you later. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. 
Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.